former MHK Ralph Peake narrowly lost his Douglas North seat at last September's election. On Agenda Tonight, he clarifies his future political ambition as well as explaining how he hopes his new energy and sustainability centre will help us move more quickly to a zero-carbon future. So, are we going to have to pay lots of new green taxes? Would we not be better just using our new gas reserves? You might be surprised with Ralph's answers. I, I really stuck to my um, beliefs on what I stood for and, and went out with that message and just didn't get enough votes. So I wish John Wannenberg all the best for the next five years. Um, and and that, that's how it was. So, yeah, I was surprised, obviously, but uh, I accepted that and uh, moved on. So I had a lot of interest in a number of charities and work I was doing for the island and luckily enough I've been able to carry those on so I'm really enjoying that uh, time with the mental health charity called New View we've renamed that from Quing to New View and um, and then the Energy and Sustainability Centre which we're just sort of finalising the structure of that now and we're bringing on board a number of local companies and we'll be making an announcement in, in April around that and that really is trying to work on what we believe will be the best way for the island to be fully sustainable with renewable energy. And have you got as far as thinking whether you'll be standing again in five years' time? Oh, I reached that decision very soon after. and I, I, No, I won't be standing again. I've really, really enjoyed it. I'm very grateful for the opportunity. Six and a half years representing Douglas North. But no, I think that that's my, uh, that's my stint there. I learned an awful lot. But... You know, as you know yourself, it's it's not all beer and skittles. You know, it is actually, yeah. It, you know, it's very hard work, and and it's very frustrating as well, particularly when you're, you know, really trying to deliver some um, values and principles that you believe is right for the Isle of Man, and that that's a great thing about being a, an MHK, as you do get that opportunity to, to try and do that and learn so much about it. So no, I've I've done my. Uh, part for the uh, public sector, and I'll be now uh, continuing the work in the charities, which I do believe in. What, what do you leave politics uh, with in, in, in terms of the experiences you've gained? What's, uh, is, is, it, is the system um, broken? Is it, uh, is it capable of reform? Does it need reform? Yes, I, th- I think it's not broken because obviously it is functioning, and I think you know the current um, council ministers are you know trying to grapple with a number of big issues and trying to trying to do a good job. But I do think it does need to change. I really do, and I think um, changing that culture um, to really put the sort of client first and and get them back to that um, sort of small is beautiful, really, because I, I do think we're on the wrong trajectory trying to make government bigger and bigger and and government trying to sort of uh control everything i've i called for a, a number of times and tim will mention that we should really government needs to get out of the way of a number of things i mean you you, you sometimes yearn for that total security and, and not sort of always pu- pushing forward or not changing but to be honest that roots you then over time you're rooted to the spot with fear then fear of change and that that's not a good thing you know the island in its history has had to make changes some of those changes has been forced upon it but some of the changes have have come out of our of our um ancestry and our and our will to change and adapt and i think that's where we are are now there were a great opportunity great crossroads for change but you have to be brave and take those risks to change and that that's the one thing you know we i was trying to do was trying to get that culture changed and i think I definitely saw some change in the social security division that I was political responsibility for. 
you know, we're able then to really try and put the customer first. And, and you know, on, on occasions we would put the customer first so much that we'd actually go and visit them. And I think once you start changing your mindset to, to think about how can I actually make this happen rather than one of a mindset of this, this is my list of things to do and I'm just going to do them. When you actually look to try and do the best you can, things really do happen and, and, and teamwork starts working and things are presented and you pick up the opportunities in front of you, put the effort in and great things can happen. Putting the customer first doesn't sound like rocket science and it's certainly something that Isle of Man government regularly says that it tries to do. Um, so uh, how, how, is, how is that not something that was automatically embraced and, and adopted across government? Yeah, I, I, I think... On the whole, it is, and it's spoken of, but it, it's those little things, isn't it? It's those little things where you actually do do that little extra bit. It's that little extra 5%, 10% to really, is this customer being put first? Or are we actually doing it because we just have to do eight things today? And, and, and it's that extra which really then gets people enthused, inspired, and you need the leadership there to support those um opportunities because there will be some failures and be some learnings it's often said isn't it you learn more from failure than you do from success that's a hard one to sort of grasp at first but when you actually experience it and and realize actually if i take responsibility for what i'm doing you're not then just looking to um get, get success all the time you're actually looking to in learn and improve all the time so you're not then justifying why you failed you take responsibility for your job and then you learn from that failure, if you like, and then you can make improvements. Is the new Isle of Man government going to make those improvements? Is, are we going to see a radical departure from what's gone on in the past? Well, I certainly um, saw firsthand in, in, in Treasury, in the Treasury Board, and certainly um, Alfred Cannon was obviously Treasury Minister at the time, a lot of challenge, a lot of leadership, strong leadership, and that's one thing that uh, the current Chief Minister, Alfred Cannon, he has got in abundance, and that is leadership qualities. So I think from that respect, I think there's a great opportunity there. You know, whether that Council of Ministers now can really sort of come together on the big issues, as you know, you've got first-hand experience with Council of Ministers, it's not always easy, is it? You know, there's some decisions there that are, are tricky, and it may be a split vote, and that's where perhaps the fractures start. But certainly, I think uh, the current Chief Minister's got the opportunity and the skills to actually really lead Council of Ministers. I invited you in here specifically to tell us about your uh, your work on uh, environmental matters. So um, what can you tell us about the, the new centre that's uh, being established and um, how is that going to impact on people's lives on the island? Okay, so the Energy and Sustainability Centre, this is something which we started um, about a year ago, just trying to formulate that uh, plan and put a structure together where we, we saw throughout the the James Curran report, the impact report, which was delivered for council ministers around the climate change, about the need for government and the private sector to work together. Now, and the, the last chief minister, Mr Quayle, often used to say about working together, but there's, there's very little evidence of that really happening. So we really wanted, I wanted to reach out, and I made some great uh, contacts over the last five years, to reach out and try and put a, a team together that genuinely brought together 
the private sector and the public sector to really sort of learn how we can come up with an Isle of Man solution. We've got a clear vision now. We've got the, the Climate Change Bill, which is now an act. And so we've got a clear vision on what we want for 2050. And that really is down to renewable energy from the sun and the wind. They're the, the abundant natural resources we've got here on the Isle of Man. We're, we're so lucky to have all those. So that's really great. How we actually get there requires a sort of strategy, isn't it? And a number of policies along the way that sort of galvanise action, bring people together and actually reduce the fear that many people have got. And I think everyone you know, has got some uh, concerns about how we're actually going to get there. But if you can actually start with a clear plan, how you're actually going to get there, we can then start reducing those fears and working together. That, that really was what I want to do. So the centre is all about learning what we can do. So it's reaching out to experts, getting something that we can turn our natural resources into a, an Isle of Man solution. So we're bringing together a group of private companies, if you like, so companies here on the Isle of Man with a lot of um, local um, workforce to bring, really put those ideas together and actually then start reaching out to government and working on that sort of policy with them. An awful lot of people on the Isle of Man don't get this, do they? Who say uh, or, or would suggest that this is um, something that's not really relevant to the Isle of Man, the Isle of Man's too small, it's not significant enough in terms of carbon emissions to make any difference whatsoever. So so why should it matter to the, to, to the Manx public? Yeah, and I think that's the message that wants to be clear so the public can understand it and then and see the benefits for it. So what we've got it's a great opportunity. That, that's what I see. It's a great opportunity. At the moment, we've got, if you like, 95% of our energy consumed in the Isle of Man is with fossil fuels, whether that's oil, gas, or whether it's gas to actually generate the electricity. All those things put together, it's about 95%. So that's not really good enough when we're trying to have a future that has much better, cleaner air. So the numbers of you know, thousands of people around the world that die from, from um, poor air quality through the use of fossil fuels it is reduced so we get much cleaner air so that, that's a great opportunity we've got isn't it so current situations around the world with with the war there with with russia and ukraine that sort of highlights the vulnerability of the island's energy needs and so when you actually step back and look at what great natural resources we've got every day of the year every day of the year is either sunny with with daylight or there's wind, or some days, as you know, there's both in abundance. You know, many days we've got so much wind we don't know what to do with it. So if you can actually harness that and turn that into to meet our energy needs, I think then um, once people start believing that this can happen, then I do believe the fear will reduce and people will then get on board. You're listening to former MHK, Ralph Peake. But, but again, I mean, you're talking there about yep. uh, natural resources yep. uh, around the island. Um, we, we know that uh, there's a company who very firmly believes that uh, there are significant uh, fossil fuel resources. Uh, so sh- should we be investing in, in, in uh, the uh, exploitation of those reserves? Certainly BP, when they actually did drill and they, they carried out some surveys, they, they, they thought there was something down there and they did some investigations, and, and without doubt there will be some gas down there, but it's whether you can actually get it to flow to surface and also flow to surface in enough quantity 
to actually make it viable because otherwise if any of those things there like there's not enough resource down there or it can't be brought to the surface economically I'm afraid you're going to lose your investment and, and, and that's you know a real possibility to that I think but, the, the, but then uh, assume then yeah. that that you could extract this gas and it will come up, up in plentiful quantities mm-hmm. is it would that be the right thing to do for the Isle of Man at this stage well I think the time scale is working against that as well because by the time you actually get it flowing and if there is enough quantity and there's enough there to do that you know I do believe the rest of the world will be moving on so you'll be sort of buying a ticket on a merry-go-round that's actually slowing down rather than actually getting on one that's that's speeding up. It, it's clear now major financial investors and, and major companies can see the clear writing on the wall and are really going with renewables. So you look at BlackRock, a financial institution, that they're only now supplying financial support for companies that are and have a good track record in, in, in renewables. So the investment will start drying up and that that's the concern. It's people's hard-earned money and investment, although it's their choice, you know, could well be going into something which is heading the wrong way, really. The uh, atrocious situation that's happening in, in Ukraine at the mm. moment, um, does that not um, drive a coach and horses through previous uh, thinking on, on energy supplies, energy security? Surely we, we've, we've got to do more um, and we need to do it fairly urgently and a lot of the stuff that you're talking about in, by, by way of renewables and presumably uh, insulation of homes and things like this, uh, this is this is still a decade away bef- before we could we could get that uh, developed. Surely we need now to be rethinking uh, how we're going to get a secure supply of uh, fossil fuels to help us through this transition. Well, well, as some people may well believe that's to be the case, I don't. I think the case would be to actually have a secure supply of energy rather than fossil fuels, um, because it's going to take a, a, you know, a number of years to get any fossil fuels out of the Isle of Man territorial sea. But even if you made al- alternative arrangements to buy gas from around the world, you know, you have to make that effort to actually get the the, the gas here. But it's it's Norway was in a similar position, if you like, over 100 years ago, and what they decided to do, because they had no sort of fossil fuels um, at, the, at that time, so they actually made the decision to start investing in pumped hydro stations, power stations, so it was pumped hydropower, that's what they decided to do, so 1911, they, they put a power station um, near the, the Volmark area, uh, the Volmark power station, and now... Norway actually produces 97% of the electricity from pumped hydro. So that's that's where the, the water at a higher level will drop through turbines, generate energy through the turbine use, and then they can use that. And so their households today, you know, 100 years after that brave decision was made by their politicians at the time, their households pay, on average, 8.1 pence per kilowatt hour. Now, now that's that's less than half that we're paying here on the island with our 16.9 pence per kilowatt hour for electricity here. So, you know, and that's made, as you know, by uh, by natural gas, uh, fossil fuels. So to me, it seems obvious if you look at history that you can actually have a sustainable cost of energy at a price that I think many people would be glad to be paying 8.1 pence of electricity in, in, in 2000. 
you know, current current year. So that that to me seems quite simple because we if we can acknowledge that the natural resources are here every day, then you can then start putting a model together where you can then start getting your fixed electricity price every day at a price that you can afford. And the voices in opposition to this will argue that this is just another example of government trying to fleece the public, trying to extract vast sums of of taxes uh, through various uh, stealthy means. Um, Is is that not correct? I mean, there's a huge amount of investment going to be required if we are going to move away uh, from uh, fossil fuels to a uh, carbon a zero carbon future surely you must concede that it's going to cost a lot of money to do that well it will um obviously for new infrastructure there will be a cost to that but around the world energy is generated by private sector infrastructure investments so you know whether it's um whether it's hydro, whether it's uh, fossil fuels, whatever, you know, it, it's private investment will come and actually make that generation. And then you'll have then the, the network will be o- owned and, and run by the, the government. And so if we actually had that here, so at the moment, you see, the MUA are, are, are generating as well as distributing. So if you're able to actually break that up, there's one opportunity that's a model. You know, I'm not saying that that's what you have to do, but that's that's one alternative to do, isn't it? So you can attract outward investment from the financial institutions at a price that's um, that's very favourable and let all that risk and infrastructure be delivered by the private sector. At a, at a price, that's the agreement, that's the, that's, that's the power the government has, is to do that agreement at the time and say, yes, you could do this, you could actually make those investments and we will actually take so many, um, all our electoral needs off you, but the price would be, let's say the same as Nor- Norway, 8.1 pence. And then that company would then be free to actually export more to the UK to find other customers. And they'd obviously be free to, to do deals with the UK and perhaps Ireland if there wasn't interconnected to Ireland. They would then sell at the price that they could achieve with those companies. Is it a good time to be to be looking for people to be investing in renewable energies, bearing in mind that um, across Europe um, the penny has, has finally dropped, that relying on gas from, from Russia is perhaps not the most secure uh, source of, 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 of energy. Um, so presumably there'll be an all, a whole load of very lucrative contra- contracts being made available uh, across the large countries in, in Europe, uh, which means that the Isle of Man, with a relatively small population and a re- relatively small uh, energy use, will be very much at the bottom of the pile uh, by the time these companies decide that they want to come and invest. OK, well, the, the other great thing about the island is that we do have international companies based here, f- you know, for various uh, reasons, for, for um, the great workforce we've got here, but also, you know, for the, for the tax situation. So, that's an opportunity we've got. So we've got that sort of you know, window of the world, build up window on the world with all those international companies. So that's where we can actually take that opportunity now to actually have a, a system which not only generates renewable energy, but also then learns how to store that energy so you have dispatchable power when required. Now that next system, that energy system, that is a great model to put together for the rest of the world to see. So I do believe there will be 
an abundance of opportunities to actually put together the generation, the storage and the distribution in a model that works with plenty of small nations around the world, other island nations around the world that will be able to look at what we've achieved and replicate it themselves. And at the moment, we've achieved the establishment of a centre. When are we going to start seeing uh, significant changes, you know, in, in terms of uh, the, the average uh, sort of person on, on the street? Uh, when are they actually going to see the opportunities uh, that you're talking about? When are they going to see clean energy available? When are they going to see their, their homes being properly insulated? When are they going to see um, much more energy efficient uh, solutions coming forward? I think that's that's going to build. That's going to build over the next 18 to 24 months. But I do think we could have renewable energy onto the grid within 24 to 36 months would be, I believe, that would be the, the time to actually get the energy. And I think that would be a perfect opportunity for this administration. Put together a simulator, if you like. It's a bit like... Um, familiar with um, aircraft simulation uh, models where the pilots would, would train on an aircraft simulator so they don't actually have to go up in an aircraft. So imagine if we actually made that simulator where we could actually run all those different scenarios through uh, and actually come up with the best solution for the island. And the scenarios that you're talking about yeah. there are um, if it's going to be a really cloudy and still... I don't know, two or three weeks you know, in the in the winter time, we get this big high pressure with lots and lots of cloud, uh, no wind. Uh, and you're planning for scenarios such as that to see yeah. what, what the best solution is. You're right. That That's th absolutely right. So whatever scenario you've got for, um, let, let's say, photovoltaic, I think you're uh, alluding to there. So the more cloud cover is, the less energy there might be through the photovoltaic panels. Yes, you're right. You could run that as a calculation through the, the system and actually see what difference it would make to if you like the generation or, or or the payback or when when it would actually be able to get onto the grid but also more importantly you could also run scenarios through there for gas and, and so you could then genuinely run through a scenario where you actually become as dependent on gas and and then delay the renewables to come in that would then give you the evidence that would help people see and understand what the best scenario be for the island that's what I'm really calling for, is to get to that point where we're able to share that, those calculations and, and um, outputs from the calculations so people can start to see what we're actually um, talking about. And the model that you're proposing is primarily private sector funded and private sector led with a bit of support from government. Is, is that right? I think it is because I, th I think uh, the private sector now, locally, the international companies that are here are really now making it clear that they have to see some some real sort of clear policies and, and action for them to stay here. Not, not just to attract new business, but for some of those companies to actually report back to their boards around the world and actually say, yeah, we are going to stay here because there's clear policy renewable. Now, if there was then a clear policy to stay with fossil fuels the next 10 years, those boards would make a different decision. You know, that, that, that's clear now. So it's really important have a consortium of, of local businesses to get them involved so they're assured, if you like, that the future of the island can be aligned to their future, to their board's wish of where they actually want to site their offices around the world. I think that's really important. And that's great then for the opportunity of government to, to 
to be there and, and, and to listen and to and to work on that solution best for the island uh, that we can work on it together. So yes, I do see a coherent message from the private sector that hopefully government can then listen to, take on board, and then we can then work on a solution for the island together. One thing is sure, with current volatility in gas and oil prices, it's going to be a very interesting few years in the development of the energy sector. This programme is available as a podcast which you can access from Manx Radio's website. Please get in touch with philgorn at manxradio.com if you have any views or thoughts on the programme. But for now, I'm Phil Gorn. Go to Mayo. Thanks for listening.